welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Oh, so this is a new, a new venue, yeah, and you guys are all spread out. I wish you guys would all sit in the first five rows here. You don't have to, you don't have to but this would be ideal. Um, we, yeah, so just to give you guys a little background, Wednesday of this week I was sitting in the D.C. airport and got a call from TDSB at Toronto District School Board saying that Jarvis has, was undergoing renovations on uh, the auditorium there, effective immediately this Sunday. So that's, we were, we've been scrambling. Fortunately, we have a great relationship with TDSB, and they, uh, they had a solution for us already, and that's this space. And so it all worked out, similar-ish neighborhood, not too far away, um, but, uh, that's why we're here. So this wasn't planned. This wasn't, this was completely unexpected. We didn't plan on moving here. So thank you for, gosh, it was really amazing for everyone who gathered together this week. Uh, the social media team, everyone who did social media stuff and just got it all out there, uh, emails and Facebook and that Instagram stuff. And I don't know what else we used. Oh, <laughs> All that, all that stuff. Did we Snapchat anything? I don't know. Okay, okay, that's, that's next. I don't even know what the Snapchat stuff is. I'm like, okay, yeah, what's next? I'm like, an, I'm like a, I don't want to offend anybody in here. I'm like an older man when it comes to technology. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, so this wasn't planned. So thank you for everybody who just uh, rallied together. There's so many people here this morning. I just getting everything set up, and it's been, it's been really good. So you guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. Thank you for coming all the way out here to Rosedale this morning. And just with all the changes, I just asked God, what is he, what's he doing? Like, what does he want to do with us? What does he want to do with us here in this space? Why, why are we going to be here for the next month? What, is, what does God want us to learn as a community? What does God want us to see? What does he want you to know individually? Uh, what is he doing in our church? And as I was asking God that, he led me to Exodus chapter 33. And so that's why we're making, that's why I'm just making the switch this Sunday. New venue, new passage um, this Sunday. We'll go back to Daniel probably next Sunday, Daniel chapter 5. Um, but I made the switch on Friday. So again, like a last minute switch to, to Exodus. And just felt that God really had something to say to us in this passage. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to walk through that. But before I, I, I jump in, so, uh, and as Adam said, like, this is a series we're in, Scriptural Spiritual Awakening. We're still talking, we're still taking that theme into here. So, just look at it as a part of this series. We're still talking about awakening, we're still talking, talking about those things, we're just not in the book of Daniel right now. So, <clears throat> I... I grew up, uh, a lot of my life growing up was by the coast. And when I moved to North Carolina, started university, I took up surfing. And 
uh, started surfing. Surfing's, has anyone tried surfing here? Oh, wow. Wow, a lot, of, a lot of you guys, more than I thought. Okay, so you've tried. How many of you guys actually know how to surf? Um, oh, yeah. All right, Becca, we're, we're going we're gonna to go out. Arjun, yeah, like, you guys are like, ah, okay. Um, if you can surf on Lake Ontario, then you can, then you can surf. So we'll, we'll check it out. Uh, surfing's really hard. So those of you who've tried it, you know it's really difficult. Um, it's like golf in water. And golf, if you tried golf, everything has to be in line, right? You're, everything has to be right. Same thing with surfing. Um, one, it's just really hard to paddle out. So if you're not used to using these muscles, then it's hard to paddle out there. You're paddling yourself out there on a board. You're trying to get past the breakers. That's your goal. So there's, there's a spot where all the waves start breaking. You're trying to get past that so that you're waiting for the waves to come and then you, you can ride them in. So it's just hard to get out sometimes, especially if the waves are big. And the bigger the waves are, the, the harder it is to get out. And, and when you're paddling on a board, you're laying on your belly. So it's not, it's not a normal position either. Like you're laying on your stomach. Your, your neck is, is kind of up because you're trying to look ahead. Your back is a little arched. You're doing this, um, depending on how you do it. Like, my legs were always up, too, because I'm like, I don't want to create drag in the water. It's hard enough to do this. I'm not, I don't want to create drag behind me. So it's just really awkward. It's, a, it's an awkward position. And you're trying to get out. Sometimes you have to duck under waves. Sometimes you can go over waves. Uh, and, <laughs> and ducking under waves, it looks cool in the movies. It's not as easy as you think. So you, there's actually a technique that you have to learn to, to duck under a wave. And so you finally get out there after all that, and depending on your, your level of surfing experience that could, and, the, and the wave size, that could take in the current, all that, that could take the wind, sorry, I'm just adding all these factors, that could take you anywhere from like just a couple minutes to like 20, 30 minutes just to paddle out there. And just think about it, like you're just doing this for 20, 30 minutes. So, um, you finally get out there, and all you want to do is rest. All you want to do is sit on your board and rest. But even sitting on your board is hard work. You <laughs> remember the first time I went to sit on my board, I flipped right over. Um, it's, and then I, I learned on a short board, which if you ever want to take up surfing, do not learn on a short board. So I learned on a short board, and I was like sinking in. I'm like, what's, go what's going on here? Like, this is not like it's supposed to be. Um, but so there's even a technique to that, and you're trying to balance and, and not fall off, and it takes work. And and here's the other thing: you're you're quote unquote resting out there, but there's wind, there's a current, there's waves. So if you don't actually do anything, you're drifting along with the current, and you can see it on the shore, and you're you're just going away, and where you want to be is way over there. Um, or, or like the waves can push you in um, and you go back to shore. Like you don't want that either. So when you're sitting on your board in the water, a lot of times you're constantly paddling, waiting. You're like moving your legs, you're moving, you may move your arms a little bit. Um, and so you're not actually just sitting there inactive. You're not just like, ah, oh, I, I can take a breather right now. You're actually just waiting and you're preparing for the waves. You're preparing for the set to come. And then when the waves come, it's not easy. You don't just, 
you don't just like, oh, here comes a wave and stand up on your board and it takes you in and you're like surfing the pipe and all this stuff. Like, that doesn't actually happen. You, you have to coordinate your paddling and your speed with the speed of the wave so that you can catch the wave. And then you have to know when you catch the wave so that you can actually pop up and stand up. And most people, when they start surfing, they want to pop up on one knee first. They don't pop straight up. You're supposed to pop straight up. Um, but that's hard work, because normally when you do that, you fall right off the board into the water. So, and then sometimes when you do that, the wave doesn't actually catch you, and then you just sink. And, and so it takes so much coordination. And then finally, when you get it, and you stand up on the board, and you're on the board, and you're like, this is amazing, you fall off the board. Uh, and then you try again. And that's the process of surfing. It's, it's very arduous, but there's so much... Uh, reward to it. And this is a picture of our journey with Jesus. This is a picture of your journey of faith, that, um, that it takes a lot to get there. And when you're there, you're not actually resting, although you are. You're not doing what you were doing. Um, but then also, the church fathers talk about it like this. They say that your, your faith, your journey of faith is is one or the other. You're either moving towards the fullness of humanity or you're moving towards the abyss of nothingness from whence you came. And that's it. You're either moving this way towards the fullness of humanity or you're going back into the nothingness from whence you came. And in surfing, you can sit there on your board and you can, quote-unquote, rest but if you're not active, the current is going to take you somewhere where you don't want to go. It's going to take you away from where you wanted to be. It's going to take you away from maybe where, where all the good waves are. It maybe even takes you all the way back to shore where you have to, work way, you have to work hard just to get back to the same spot where you were just in. If you're not actively doing something. And in our journey of faith, we need to be actively pursuing God. We need to be actively obedient. We need to be actively doing something, or else what's going to happen is the current of this world is going to take us back in ashore. It's going to take us back where we don't want to be. It's going to take us further out. Sometimes you go further out. That's not good either. And sometimes you go uh, further parallel to shore this way or, or this way, depending on the current. And for us as believers, for us as Christians, for us as followers of Jesus— we want to be where God wants us to be, which means we have to be actively pursuing him in active obedience. And that's the bottom line for today that I want us to see through the passage uh, in Exodus chapter 33, that God's rest is found in active obedience, not in passive disobedience. And that sounds strange because we're talking about the rest of God, right? And a lot of you think that rest equals inactivity. And it doesn't, not in the Christian faith. Rest is a little different. It's something else. So just put that in your mind. God's rest is found in active obedience, not in passive disobedience. And in this passage, in this passage is we see here, actually the passage of Scripture that Adam read is, is couched in this larger context that has Sabbath as the bookends of it. So in the larger passage here, 
Uh, it begins with Sabbath, God gifting the people Sabbath rest. And if you're new to church, that's basically what, what, what Sabbath is. It's, it's this day that was devoted to God that God gave us to rest from all work. And, that's, and the point isn't just to rest from work. The point is to rest in the presence of God and to pursue Him. To rest in His presence and to pursue Him. Like, if you're, just, if you're just laying around on a quote-unquote Sabbath day, you're not experiencing God's rest. You need to be pursuing Him, which probably is going to require active o- obedience. And, and so this passage here, it begins with, this, with God saying, I'm giving you guys this principle of Sabbath rest for you to take, take into your life so that you can know my presence and my rest. But what we see happen is the people of God, the people of Israel, they say, oh, yeah, okay, we will take that gift, but then they go the opposite way for, from it. They, they just go with the current. They go with the current of the world, they, whatever it is. They go the opposite way, and, and instead, of, ex, instead of experiencing life and God's presence and God's rest, they experience death. And they don't experience rest. They experience the opposite. And then the passage that Adam read comes in, and, 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 uh, and then after that passage, it is bookended with, with God giving them Sabbath again. And the passage that Adam read is saying, God is inviting them into this again. He's saying, I will give you rest. You were designed to be in my presence, and I want to give this to you. And then the passage ends with, with the people experiencing that Sabbath rest. And, and so, this, this passage in particular, in Exodus 33, right before it is, is verse 11 here, and it, and it says, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And that's the epitome of what it means to be in Sabbath rest. That's the epitome of what it means to be in God's presence and rest. And it isn't just particular to Moses. That is at our disposal. We have the same opportunity that he had through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I get it, you guys. Um, you know, we're talking about rest, and, and I, hear, I hear people talking about rest all the time, and, and I, I just don't, I don't feel like we actually understand what rest is. Because I get it. You guys are you're stressed out. You're, you're anxious. You're worried about things. You're... Um, you feel stuck. You feel stuck in life. You feel stuck in your sin. Uh, you feel overwhelmed. Uh, just life in general is, is hard, and you're, you, maybe you're struggling in your faith, and, and you're just trying to navigate through life. I, I get it. Um, but you're not experiencing the rest of God, and I want you to. God wants you to this morning. And we look at the people of Israel, and, and what their issue was is God said, I have this for you, and they went the opposite direction from it. Um, let me give you a little peek into, into our lives. Um, this, was, this was a crazy, uh, just a wild week for us. Um, I mean, this happened, and it was like, this has happened, whatever, we're going to deal with it. Um, but... The first three days of this week, I was in D.C. at a really cool thing that I'll maybe talk about some other time, but I was in D.C. Missy and I were like ships passing in the night because 
Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, I was in Washington, D.C. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Missy was in North Carolina. So basically, I came back, she handed off the girls, and then she left. And so we saw each other very little this week. And, um, and actually, this whole year, 2018, has been, um, I don't know, it's been a rough year for us. Not, not anything crazy, not anything um, that wild, um, but I feel like we've just been gasping for air all year since the year started. We came into the year really excited, and, and then, I don't know, I just feel like this whole year, and it's only been a month, and it feels like it's been six months, we've just been gasping for air. So I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that we struggle too. And we, we, uh, we feel overwhelmed at times too. We feel anxious about things too. Um, we experience stress too. And, and it's, uh, so I, I, I was telling our leadership team a couple weeks ago that I, I liken it to um, a surfing experience I had. So when, when I would surf when I was in university, um, the biggest waves would always come in when hurricanes and tropical storms would approach the coast. So when do you think we would go out? <laughs> I would never do that. I'm 37 now. I would never do that today. Uh, but when I was 20, I'm like, heck yeah. Like, these are the biggest waves we've seen. Uh, so uh, we would go out. And, and when you go out, when the storm is coming, it's a totally different atmosphere. It's like a washing machine out there. Like, the waves aren't clean. They're like, they're like sledgehammers. They're not... Like, they're going this way, they're going this way. They're not just a clean wave coming uh, parallel to the shore. They're just going crazy. And, uh, and this one time, it probably took me 20 to 30 minutes to paddle out there. And the waves were so massive that, um, I mean, and they just kept on coming. And I was exhausted, exhausted. And by the time we get out there, I'm just, I was dead tired. And I'm just trying to stay on my board, but had to, paddle even more because of the currents and, and all this stuff and, and the wind and just the, like the spray off the waves just pelting your face. Um, and you're probably like, why then? Why would you go out there? Because the waves were huge. And, um, and then when you catch a wave, you catch a wave and you ride it in and then you have to get back out. You got to get past the breakers again. So it was just so exhausting. And I was, I'd been, probably been out there for a couple of hours, and um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm winding down. So I catch a wave in, and um, it was a decent ride, and I, got, I, I uh, actually fell off my board uh, towards the end, and the wave just crashed on me. And uh, it just threw me down, and I had no idea where I was. I had no idea where up was. And I was already exhausted, right? So my lung capacity wasn't, wasn't a, it just wasn't very big. And right when I feel like I'm about to run out of breath, like I, I literally thought, this is it. I'm down there in this darkness. And I thought, this is over. Like, I'm about to see Jesus. <laughs> hey, this is it. <laughs> and 
Um, and right when I was about to run, run out of breath, I break the surface. I kind of like Little Mermaid when she breaks the surface. <laughs> you guys like that, right? I'm waiting for Becca. Becca said, sh <laughs> so <I laughs> we said, <laughs> we said if we had, if I made a little mermaid reference, <laughs> she would do something, but she's punking out on us. <laughs> yes, that was Scuttle. Thank you. All right. So th that effectively ruined my illustration. <laughs> It was, so, it was so perfect, right? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know where I was. So I, I just break the surface like Little Mermaid, that's right. And <laughs> my hair goes back, and, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I catch my breath, and right when I do, guess what happens? Another wave, boom, and I'm under again. And my board, so my board is hooked to my ankle, right? Normally, you're like, that's a good thing. Well, no, it's like dragging me all over the place. You know, I'm just, it's, it's crazy. So finally, I get up, and, and finally, I get on my board, and guess what I do? I go back out. And I'm like, this isn't over. <laughs> and I go back out, and I finish the set. Um, and I don't know, maybe a half hour later, I come back in the, in the shore. Guys... You, either, you have, when this happens to you, and you, some of you guys might say, that's me right now. That's where I am. I feel exactly like that. I've felt like that for years. I've felt like that for the past week. I've felt like that for months. i felt like that my whole life, where I just feel like it's, it's a bunch of waves pushing me down. And you have three choices when that happens. You can give up and let those waves conquer you, take you down, and keep you down, and die there in the abyss. You can give up and let those waves take you back to shore. It would have been a lot easier had I not fought for it and just let my board take me wherever I wanted it to go, and eventually I'd wash up on shore. But I'd be back where I started. I didn't want to be back where I started. The third option is you can get up, catch your breath, and get back out there, and instead of letting the wave conquer you, you can conquer the wave. And Missy and I in our lives, although we've felt like we've been gasping for air, we've resolved and chosen to ride the waves. Because that's what we were created for. We weren't created to be into the end of the abyss. We weren't created to stand on shore and watch everyone else do it. We were created to be out there in the image of God, riding those waves and conquering those waves. We're the people of God, guys. The church, we're the people of God. Are we victorious or are we defeated? Do we serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? And is he the master of the wind and waves or is he not? And, and you're not experiencing rest because you're letting the waves take you down or you've given up and you're letting it take you all the way back to shore. And in our family, if you ask my girls... Uh, if you ask them, <laughs> you could try it after this. Um, you're like, hey, in your family, do you quit? They're like, no, we are not quitters. They know that. 
They, we raised our girls that were like, we're not quitters. We persevere because that's what Jesus did for us. And it shouldn't be unique to our family. That's just who we are as followers of Jesus. So we lead our family that way, and we lead this family that way. We're not quitters. We, we persevere and we don't give up because we were made to ride those waves. We weren't made for them to toss us to and fro. We weren't made for them to control us. We were made to trust in God and, and for him to show us how to ride them. Do you know why you feel stuck? Do you know why you're stuck in your sin? Do you know why you feel overwhelmed and, and anxious and, and, uh, and just stressed out? It's because your sin is greater than your Savior. It's because you're more satisfied in your sin than in your Savior. It's because you're more satisfied with the culture of this world than the culture of God and the community of God. We were made to be salt and light, not to just be in the culture like everybody else. Stop being satisfied with religion and start finding your satisfaction in relationship with God. Hey, Cecile, are you going back up there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Come up at, I should have told you this, with the new service order, come back up at 40. Sorry, I didn't want you standing up there for the next 10 minutes. Guys, we need to stop being satisfied in our sin. And many of you guys, you're like, I want a relationship with God, but you're not willing to put the effort in. You're satisfied in religion. You're satisfied in checking off a, a box saying, well, I went to church this Sunday. Well, I, I pray occasionally. Well, I, I uh, read my Bible occasionally. Or I give money sometimes, and, and that's good enough for me. That's religion. That's not relationship. And verse 11 says that Moses knew God face to face. And that can be us. You have that opportunity to know God in that way, to know him face to face, to talk to him like a friend, like Moses did. But you're satisfied in your sin. You're satisfied with the culture of this world. You're not finding satisfaction in your Savior. And I'm not telling you guys to read your Bible more. I'm not telling you to pray more. I'm not telling you to come to church more consistently. I don't care if you give us your money. I'm not telling you to do any of those things. I'm telling you to seek the Lord. I'm telling you that if you seek him, you will find him. I'm telling you that if you commit your way to God, trust in him, that he will act. I'm telling you that if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. And when you do that, you're going to find life in those things. You're going to find life in reading the scriptures. You're going to find God's presence there. You're going to find life in community because God's presence is there. You're going to find life in, in praying because you love God and you just want to talk to God and you want to be with him. You're going to find life in all of these things because you are seeking God. Jesus asked his disciples multiple times in the Gospels. He says, whom do you seek? 
He says, who are you seeking? Ask yourself that question this morning. Who are you actually seeking? What are you actually seeking? In this passage, <clears throat> so let's get to the passage now. <laughs> um, in verse 12, Moses says, See, you say to me, bring, this, bring up this people. But you haven't let me know whom you'll send with me. You know, when we moved to Toronto, so this passage that I'm preaching out, out of this morning was a crucial passage for our journey to Toronto. Um, I think that's why God led me back here. I haven't, probably haven't looked at this passage since then. I don't, I don't know. Um, and, and when God called us Toronto, to Toronto, it, he said this, I felt like he was saying this to us, we need to bring up a people of God in Toronto. And he, so he says this here to Moses, see you say to me, bring these people up, but, but look at what Moses is focused on. He says, you haven't let me know who you're going to send with me. Moses isn't focused on the presence of God, he's focused on the people, who's going with him. But if we seek the presence of God, we need to trust that the people of God, <coughs> that the people of God are going to come. And so uh, further in this passage, now going to verse 14, God says this to Moses. He says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. But remember, he says, you got to bring up this people. And so the rest that Moses is going to find is going to be in obedience. It's going to be in Moses doing something and stepping out in faith and, and walking with the Lord and following the path that God has laid out for him. It's, going, it's not going to be him sitting there and just relaxing in God's presence. He actually has to walk forward in faith. He has to be active. And God says, when you do that, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. And Moses says, if, it, if you will not go with me, don't take us up from here. And he says, is it not in your going with us that we are distinct? Your presence, God, as he's saying, makes us distinct among all the peoples of the earth. And the Lord says to Moses, this very thing that you've spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. God knows you by name this morning, and he's calling you this morning. God is pursuing you. He's been pursuing you. God knows you by name. That's so intimate and personal from a transcendent uh, Lord of Lords, creator of the heavens and, and the universe, that, that he knows us by name. And then Moses responds with this. He says, please show me your glory. This morning, do you even want to see God's glory? God's glory was revealed to the people of Israel just a few chapters earlier on Mount Sinai. And, and God said, hey, come up to the mountain, guys. And God's revealing his glory. And, and he says, come up to the mountain. And nobody comes except Moses, because they're scared and they're afraid. This morning, if God were to reveal his glory to you, what would your reaction be? Would you step back like, like they did? 
in fear and, and, and afraid to approach God? Or would you, based on your relationship with God, step forward and, and, and want, to be, want to see it and want to experience it? Moses did that. And so he says, please show me your glory. And God uh, says two things. He's like, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and I'll be gracious and I'll be merciful. Those two things. And then he shows his grace and his mercy. And if you think about grace, I just realized um, last week I talked about mercy in an opposite way. Uh, then I normally talk about it and because grace and mercy kind of play off of each other a little bit. And if you think about grace, the simple definition is that grace is uh, getting something that you do not deserve. And the simple definition for mercy is, is um, uh, getting something withheld that you do deserve. So think about death, for instance. We deserve death. So in mercy, God withholds it from us. We deserve it, but he withholds it from us. In, in grace, God gives us something we don't deserve, salvation. He gives us life. See how they kind of play off one another. So God, God does that for Moses here. He shows him his glory, all his goodness, but he covers Moses up in the cleft of a rock, and that is his mercy. He says, basically, Moses, you deserve death, but I'm going to cover you up, but I want you to see some of my glory. So then he lets him see a piece of it, and that's God's grace, that he gets to experience this. And the scriptures say in Lamentations chapter 3 that, God's mercies are new every morning. And God's love never ceases. It never fails. It is everlasting. Why do you think the scriptures say that? Why do God's mercies have to be new every morning? Because we need them to be. Because we need them to be. Because we are in a war. And if you're a follower of Jesus... This morning, you've entered into a battle. If you don't realize that, um, this may be part of your problem uh, in struggling in your faith because you've entered into a war. Like we are at war in this life if we're followers of Jesus. And a lot of you guys and a lot of churches are just in the trenches cowering and hiding from the enemy. And our church, we're not going to be like that. We're not going to just stay cowering in the trenches. And a lot of you guys individually, you're cowering in the trenches, and the person next to you in the trench is bleeding from the neck, and you're not doing anything about it because you're just as scared and you're, and, and you're just worried about, quote-unquote, resting. You're just, you're just worried about, I just need to rest right now. Yeah, you're bleeding from the neck and you're probably going to die, but you know what? I've... I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, and I'm burnt out, and I'm just going to sit here and rest. That's not what a follower of Jesus does. And guys, I get it. I hear, like, I, I haven't heard, <laughs> yeah, I hear so much about people wanting to rest and, and these things, but we just don't understand what God's rest is. It's not passive disobedience. It's not relaxing. You're only going to find the presence and the rest of God in active obedience, and that may mean you need to drop some things, but it's never going to mean that you just sit there. Because people are dying all around us, and we can't afford to just sit there. Jesus, he says that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give up his life. Jesus had one life, and he knew he had 33 years to live it. And he was going to make the most of it while he was here. 
You've been given one life on this planet. And I don't know how many years you have. You may have 25. You may have 35. You may have 105 with how medical is going these days. Who knows? But every moment, we should have this urgency to live for Jesus, to follow Jesus, because we are in this battle, and, and we can't afford to stay in the trenches cowering and afraid. And, and here's the thing. I get it. Some of you guys, maybe you feel like you've lost a limb and you can't walk right now. Some of you guys, maybe you're, you're just so tired that you need help standing up straight. That's what the church is for. That's what the community of believers is for. That's what the body of Christ is for. Like, we're not going to leave you behind. We're not going to say, okay, you rest there and we go. If we have to, we will carry you. But the problem is, a lot of you guys don't want to be carried. Because you, you don't understand the, the communal aspect of the church. You're soaked in your individualism. And, you're, and we're trying to carry you, and you're fighting it. And we're like, hey, just get on my back, and we'll carry you the, the rest of the way. But you don't want to be carried because you're too sinful, you're too prideful, you're too individualistic, whatever it is. But in this church, we want to carry you. Galatians 6 says we, we carry each other's burdens. And the awesome thing about that is, is it's this picture of a canoe. And when you think about a canoe... Um, you have two, you have, if you have two people holding, you have one in the front and one in the back. And they're both carrying their own weight, but they're both carrying the same weight, the canoe. And if the back person drops it, the front person is dragging it, right? If the front person drops it, the back person has to, has to push it. The picture of the body of Christ is we carry it all together. And it lightens the load. And so if you're struggling this morning, which odds are you, you're probably struggling. And if you are, let us help you carry that burden. Press into community. The world teaches us to retreat, to, to leave community, to, to, to escape. But this morning, I'm telling you, this church is here to help you press into community so that we can help carry you to the Father. And God wants that for you this morning. And Moses, in Exodus chapter 34 He's in the presence of God so much that this is really unusual. He's in the presence of God so much that when he leaves God's presence, he is physically and permanently transformed. His face shines like the sun for the rest of his life because he's been in the presence of God. So much so that he has to wear a veil to cover his face because everyone's like, ah, oh, I can't even look, look at you and you're weird, whatever. Um, but he's changed. He's transformed by the presence of God. When people look at you, when people encounter you at work, when they encounter you in your neighborhood, when they encounter you wherever you are, do they sense the presence of God? Do they see that you have been in God's presence? Do they see God's glory written on your face? Or do they see the travails of life like everybody else deals with? You weren't created to be a man. You are created to ride the wave. And Peter, when he is 
when he, is, uh, step, when he steps out of the boat and he sees Jesus walking on the water, he gets so excited because he's like, I want to do what you're doing, Jesus. And he steps out of the boat and he walks on the water. And those of you who know the story, what, what happens? He starts to sink. Why? Because he sees the wind and the waves. And your life is going to be full of wind and waves. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, you have little faith. And, it's, and you're like, ouch. Um, but yeah, Peter's sinking in the, <laughs> into the sea right now. And Jesus reaches out and, and helps him up. Uh, but when Jesus says that, what he's really saying is, Peter, do you not know who I am? Do you not trust in me? Are the waves greater than I am who created the waves? Am I not bigger than your troubles? Do I not transcend these things? Do you not trust in the God of the universe? Do you not know that I am the Son of God? Jesus is saying all these things to him in, in that moment. That he's saying your faith is so little because you don't realize who I am. He's trying to get him to see who he is. And at the end of the book of Exodus, the people finally see who God is. And, and the book of Exodus chapter 40 ends with the, the glory of God filling, uh, filling the, the camp. And, and everybody can see it. And it says that the glory, wherever the glory of God moved, the people went. And wherever the glory of God dwelt, the people stayed in God's presence. So where are you moving this morning? Where are you, where are you going? Are you moving towards the fullness of your humanity, which is us realizing the image and the power of God in us that he's given to us? All the way back to what it used to be? Or, or are, you, are you drifting back into the abyss of nothingness? Go with God's presence this morning. As a church, we are always going to do that. We're always going to follow God's presence, and we're going to move when he moves, and we're going to follow him where he goes, and we're going to stop where he stops, and we're going to wait where he waits, and we're going to enjoy his presence, and then we're going to move when he moves. And so this morning, just give whatever you have to God with open hands, not with closed hands, and saying, God, I, I want to give you things with closed hands, but open hands and saying, God, everything I have is yours. I want to know your presence and your rest. And when you do, you will find it. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is true, that it is faithful, that it is, it is you. You're the word made flesh. Thank you that you showed us the life that we were always meant to live and that we we're supposed to live. And if the Savior of the world had troubles and experienced the waves of life, how much more so are we? But if the Savior of the world also in this life experienced the rest and the presence of God through all of that, in the midst of all of that, how much more so can we, who have the Spirit of God living in us? So show us how to be a people that doesn't succumb to the waves, but rises above them, that rises up and rides the waves. And not let them control us, but know that we are in your hands, you who control everything. We love you, Jesus.
Make us more like you this morning, we ask in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.